episode number two. Back at it with the John Gurdina Classroom. I have a very special guest today. His name is Jeff Forrester. And I thought the best way to introduce him was actually to just read an excerpt from my book in chapter seven, which is Getting Outside Your Comfort Zone. A run changed my network and gave me a mentor. I signed up for a virtual Livestrong race. And because we were still in COVID-19 times, I decided to run the marathon by myself in the fall of 2020 on the date of the Livestrong event. On that run, I left my house at 5 a.m. and tracked my way down by the Chagrin River, passing horses in a pasture and beautiful farmhouses. Running and watching the sunrise, I was also listening to a 3 of 7 Project podcast, which is produced by a former Navy SEAL, Chad Wright. His guest on that podcast was Jeff Forrester. Jeff talked about a book he had written at the beginning of the pandemic and explained how he had been deliberate about at least writing 250 words each day. He finished his book in two months. The book is called Unleashed Potential. And as he talked about how his book was written so quickly, his story truly ignited a drive within me as I listened as I ran. In my discomfort of running, I found joy. I would finish my book. I would finish this book. I knew I had to talk to Jeff. He could help me finish this book in a timely fashion and get it into the hands of these eager readers. That is when I made a decision that turned an uncomfortable situation into a rock-solid relationship in my life. I hesitated to contact Jeff, but I did reach out through a direct message on Instagram. From there, we began a small conversation, and then I mustered up the courage to ask him for his phone number to talk about a strategy to finish the book. He gave me his number, and now we connect every day through Instagram, text messaging, or our prayer group and WhatsApp. This relationship created an exponential increase of relationships in my life that never would have occurred if I had given into fear and held back from reaching out to Jeff. Taking this risk has led to so many more connections and opportunities. Asking one person I heard on a podcast to talk to me about writing a book has resulted in a growing network of people who have given me hope and a vision for a new chapter in my life. A simple action step propelled my relationships to a whole new level. And I have met amazing individuals who have impacted my life in a loving and supportive way. Oh man, that, that chapter is so good about living outside the comfort zone or getting outside the comfort zone. So you guys are in for a thrill today when Jeff will be meeting us via phone from Florida so I want to just make sure that we, we welcome in correctly. And without further ado, Jeff Forrester. When did the shift occur in your life? When did the light bulb go off? For any one of those areas, your, your faith, your, your family, to be a better husband, father. When did it, all, when did it start? What year or, or time do you remember? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good question. And there were different levels that happened probably over the course of the last decade. 
when it, you know, regards to fitness regards to, I've always been a, a big believer and student of self-development. So that's happened probably over the last 20, 20 years now. It's kind of scary when you think back and yeah. <laughs> memories are 20 years old and that doesn't mean you were in elementary school, but the, the idea of, you know, fitness came probably when I was going to do the, the math in my mid thirties, I'd never been a runner, had lost a lot of weight in college, worked out, you know, did some of those things, but I wouldn't say anything that I stuck with consistently other than working out to lose weight. And then I got into running and the way the running started was I just got on a treadmill and decided, okay, I don't want to just sit on my bottom in my apartment. And so I went to the fitness room in the the apartment complex and then just turned on the treadmill and I'd never run. I'd run one 5k in college. That was the extent of it. Cause I could never make it three miles. What, what got you off the couch though? Um, it was just the, the idea of wanting to be active. I mean, I don't know if it was maybe, I think it was just boredom mm-hmm. of just wanting to try something. I, I wish I had a, a bigger reason, a bigger dramatic um, statement to make, but it was just, I think it was just boredom and wanting to try something different. And I just started and it started with one mile, just running steady for one mile at a slow pace and just continued to build that up and then accessing people who were runners and start asking them questions on what I could do. And, and I think the biggest lesson that really resonated with me that continues to go in certain aspects of whatever of those four that you mentioned I was first trying to do at my condo, there was a three mile loop Mm -hmm. and I could never make it the full three miles without stopping. And so I was talking to my doctor who was a runner, marathon runner, and I was just telling him my struggles. And so he simply said, you're just running too fast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what? He's like, you're just running too fast. If you can't make it slow down until you can make it. And I felt like that that was, so important from a life lesson perspective that I always forget because you think everything you've got to run and do at a sprint pace, but that means you just can't do it for that long. And it's like with the training that you've set up for us to do our 50 K with heart rate, it's that bottom end. It's the, the being able to do something consistently with minimal effort is a goal to have because then that floor will continue to rise. Yeah. Well, I, di- I didn't know that story before of how you really started. Um, I, d- I did know that you, you fought just uh, e- eating or what you want to call the normal, ac- the, uh, the American pandemic of just obesity. So the, the one thing that is so important for the listeners is just that you just got to start moving is what I, what I heard you say. A hundred percent and not, and it was that you don't, you can't just go run a marathon day one. Most people cannot. Yeah. And it's just being okay with just having that first mile under your belt mm-hmm. and build off of that mile and then build off of that mile. And next thing you know, is you're running ultras. So when and, did, when did you, um, did you sign up for a race after shortly after you started? I didn't, not at that point. So I just consistently got to the point where I just ran mm-hmm. really from, for a fitness and then had a buddy that wanted to run with me. And so we would work out and we would run. And then my first race was again, was being convinced by 
a buddy of mine, um, he's like, Hey, let's run the Disney marathon. And this was in 2010. Well, he, he mentioned it to me in 2009 Mm -hmm. and I said, well, okay. So I was like, all right, well, I Googled Hal Higdon marathon training and Mm -hmm. then just started running from a a training. And then shortly into the process, he bailed because he said he hurt his foot. But I was like, well, I've already committed to this thing. Let me do it. And then my first half marathon was that November before the Disney marathon. And then I did the Disney marathon. And then I can, I did that every year until last year. So they um, didn't have it for COVID. Mm -hmm. And then I ran it one more time just to cap off 20 year or 10 years of consistently running that race. Wow. So you did a 5k in college, then you just started running and then you went right to the marathon to sign up, Right, but you did a half K before. Yeah. And I did the training and I followed that Hal Higdon training. Yeah. And it was, you know, one of those things that it was a a fun, a fun process. I was a lot younger than I am now. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, one of those things that to me, it was a big accomplishment because my first marathon was I think two hours and 11 minutes, which I think is now. Yeah. That's good. We're very respectable time. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, just continue to, to find different things to, to train for. And then it's been a learning process throughout because I have a problem comparing myself with others. And it's that Galatians six, four <laughs> about not comparing ourselves yeah. to others and just run your own race in essence. And so I've learned over the years because I would come in and be disappointed in my performance but then I would have to have a conversation with myself and say, but did you put in the work to expect a better performance? And the answer was usually no. Like I yeah. found plenty of excuses to not train the way I knew I should, but then I expected a different result in the race. And that's a valuable life lesson as well. So if you're a new runner, what would it be sound advice to give them? Just start. I think just, just get out and start and, and start slow and just get used to moving. And then the other aspect that I would say that I, I didn't do early on, cause I don't think they were as available is to get a coach, yeah. you know, get a running coach to help you do it, to be efficient in your training and be safe in your training to avoid injury and be a stronger runner. And that's what a coach will provide. So the coach does provide accountability it's structure. And so for me, structure is very helpful to have a plan that I can print out, I can tape up and I can follow that process. Um, Cause even though I'm self-motivated, you need some guidance and structure. We all do, regardless of what anybody says to be more effective in whatever you're doing, there needs to be a process and there needs to be structure. Yeah. So who have you had a, a running coach? Have you hired one before? Um, I haven't hired one per se, but I have people like yourself that have reached out to help me Yeah, and that's, that's elevated just what I'm capable of. Because again, I've got the mentality. If I can print something off like the Hal Higdon online training is a good free training course to follow. And it's very simple and I've had a lot of success with it. And it's the years that I didn't print that off and didn't hold myself accountable that I didn't have the performance that I wanted. So and then, yeah, you, you use the same method I, I did when I first started running is I did, I read the, the book by Hal Higdon of how to run a marathon. 
and he had all the at the end of the book he had all the different races you could do from 5 10k all the way up and then what i did was you just stick to the plan so you print it out you just literally mark off the day that you did and if you followed the script you'd have success and i think sometimes runners overcomplicate things instead of simplifying so what i heard you say is get a plan or get a coach and i think there's the way we work together putting a plan together for you for the past two years now the 50k is you know i've adapted things and we can get into this later but things that have worked for me that i, I know would work for you and tim is running it with you um, but but the bottom line is is just making sure that you're consistent with the plan that, that's what i heard you say and i it works for me oh definitely i mean i think anytime you can have something to be consistent with that's just again a valuable life lesson is whatever we do be consistent whether it's in any of those four areas that you've talked about. And so we're going to peak and we're going to trough. It's just the way life happens. But the more consistent you are and you can raise that baseline of consistency, that's where you'll really start to see gains in, like I said earlier, in all four of those areas that you focus on. It's, It's when you lose consistency to me is when I've, that's when my integrity and trustworthiness starts to go out because then I'm not consistent and I'm not somebody that I can be, that can be depended on because I'm not consistent. Yeah. So to finish up on, on your fitness, was there any race or anything you did physically that you had the greatest lesson through failing? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, one of them was the last Disney marathon that I ran. I thought I had trained, pretty well. I mean, it wasn't my best training, but I thought I'd trained pretty well, thought I'd gotten my nutrition dialed in, had everything ready to go. My body had different, a different idea mm-hmm. <laughs> about what that would be. Yeah. And it was just a struggle from the, the minute that I started that race and it ended up being the slowest half that I've ever done. And it was the biggest mental struggle and physical struggle to the point where when I thought I was pushing it at the very end, I mean, I, I think physically I was pushing it that I crossed the line, almost passed out. Wow. And I'm not even, I'm not even running fast. I mean, yeah. when you see the video, it looks like I'm barely walking. Um, so I feel like I left everything out there and it was just my body. And so I gained more from failing to meet the goal that I wanted than I would have if I would have crushed my goal. Cause yeah. all I wanted to do was beat the time the year before's time, which wasn't that great of a time. Yeah. But it was through that process of learning how to mentally push through things and to not give your pain a voice, you know, have your tongue as your rudder, say positive affirmations as you go. Cause without those, I probably would have quit midway through. Wow if I gave my pain a voice and it wasn't that I was injured, that was the problem. My body just didn't respond. I just didn't have any gas. Yeah. And it happened. You know what? That happens sometimes. Do you think it was nutrition or you think it just woke up and just didn't feel it that day? I don't know. Like I felt like I prepared the, you know, the week prior, um, ate clean, ate good. Um, again, I'm not sure what it was, but it was by far the worst performance of, a of a run, even a training run that I've ever had, like to, to hit the wall as fast as I hit in the struggle, you know, halfway through was pretty mind boggling. Yeah. Humbling. Yeah. Oh, for been there. So 
Is there any goals you have that you'd like to accomplish for a, running a race or? Yeah, there's a multitude of one. So I try to take them as they come. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to really be present with what I'm currently doing. So my first goal right now is to, to beat my previous PR in a 50K that I did last year, my first one um, this year in January. And then after that, in 2022, I want to find a 50 miler to do. And then I want to get prepared. So for 2023, I'll be 50. And so for me, if I'm able to, like, I want to find a hundred miler to attempt yeah, and to, to see what I'm able to do at 50. So each, each big year, I'm trying to do something bigger to show people that age is just a number and that I'm healthier now than even though I might not be physically as strong from an endurance perspective, I'm way better now than I was when I was 25 or 30. Yeah. And I think that's a testament of your consistency, your eating habits, um, your, your mindset, all those things are critical and you're building that, that cardio base too, which you've been doing with that heart rate training and, the more you do that, you just the engine runs longer. You could just yep. run longer. You feel better as long as you put in the right supplements while you're running. You can just uh, you 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 learn. You're a, you're a lifelong learner right now in the endurance sport, and I think people think it's going to be easy just to say, "Hey, I'm going to go run a marathon uh, in three months," and that's that's crazy if you just start running. Crazy. So, what I want people to understand is that it, there is a process. People have to be patient. They have to be present in their running, have to create the plan. And, and I always believe in that. You got to set a, set a race on your calendar, right? Start with that one. Don't do it big. Just do a 5k. If you never run before and then progressively get where you're at, Jeff, where you're, you want to do the, the 50 miler, then you want to do the hundred miler. So I think it's a great plan. I can't wait to see you do it. Um, I'm right there with you, kind of on the same page. I, the most I've ever done is 50K. I'm hoping to do 40 miles on my 40th birthday in the spring. So it's all about challenging ourselves. And if we fail, then we learn. And then you, you adapt and then you grow. And the best part about what, what I heard you say is just you're healthier now <laughs> at your late 40s than you were in your 20s. Is that correct in saying that? Yeah, I would say so. Um, just, and it's just because of the focus and that wisdom, maturity, yeah. <laughs> a lot of those things come yeah. into play. Um, and, and we can get into it, you know, more is that I also think that my faith plays a big part into it because we have an obligation to take care of, of the body that God created in the temple that is our body, yeah. that we, we have a responsibility to be good stewards because when we hear that, we think of stewards as in money, but it's our talents and it's also our body. Yeah. Well, we will talk about that next time we connect. But we, right now, I think we got a good start for where we need to be. We left off last time where you were talking about your fitness and you just started talking about your faith. So I want to start currently where you're at right now with your faith and then go back in time of your childhood up until the, the state you're at right now. So does that, does that make sense where we're at? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, sure. So go ahead, Jeff. Tell us some some things about your current status in your relationship and your faith. Well, it, it's a great question, and I appreciate the question, and it's something that I feel like we all should ask ourselves that more, just yeah. as a check-in and say, okay, how, how are we doing so far? Where are we at, and where where's the areas of improvement? So, from for me at this point. I would say I'm at the strongest level of my faith than I've ever been. And the reason for that, it's been a slow process. It has not been an overnight process. I'll get into some of that in a little bit. But what it's come to is me realizing the, the power that Jesus has in my life when I allow him to work in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've suffered or I have anxiety, it depends on how you want to phrase it. But um, in, in anxiety, what it is, is it's that sense of control that you need to have. And when you don't have that, then you have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then it all comes from a false sense of security because yeah. none of us have control. No, we don't. <laughs> of, mm-hmm. I don't have control over anything outside of my body. Yeah. Nothing. It's all, it just, it all happens. Now I can have an impact on that positively or negatively, but at the same token, I can't, I don't have any control over how you react to something that I do, none. but I can influence probably how you're going to react, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for for me, it's getting rid of the, the idea that um, I can control everything. And it's like our good friend, Rob, has talked about is instead of using the word that um, that I'm I just left my head that that I'm going to can't remember the word but the word that I want to say is submit yeah um, so it's like so so often we talk about you know coming to Jesus and and giving ourselves to Him but do we fully submit to Him and that's dropping to your knees and just saying, I I give it to you. And I just pray every day and repent every day for trying to take back control. Because when I try to take back control, it does not go as well as when I give it to him. So, and go ahead. No, what I, what I hear you saying is the day now for you and your faith looks like giving it to the Lord, submitting to his will. Mm -hmm. And because of that, your life is actually more fortuitous, right? You have a more joyful, peaceful living. Is that true? Uh, or? 100%. Okay. And where it comes down to is putting God first. Yeah. So it's not just the act of submission. It's, it's actively putting him first in my life and making him the standard that everything else flows through. So, and I never, and I never did that before. Yeah. So if I'm, Let's say I'm not a Christian. Let's just say I've never been raised in the faith, and I want to know how to connect with God. Can you give us a couple action steps that you that you use on a daily basis? Yeah, so what I used, and this is a slow progression, and this is what I would encourage anybody who is looking to either they're new to the, their faith mm-hmm. or they have a renewed desire to walk with Jesus and have a a stronger faith is 
is start small. Yeah. And that's really in anything. And we've talked about it before and training, uh, you know, physically, but spiritually, I think it, it, I know that it has a big impact. And for me, it started just by opening the U version Bible app and reading the Bible verse that they had on the front page. Mm-hmm. Just um, short and sweet. Just one yep. verse a day. Is that how you, yep. what you're telling yep. us? Okay. Yes. And be consistent with mm-hmm. it is saying, okay. And that's where, what I said earlier is we have to be an active participant in our walk. Yeah. You can't be a passive Christian um, because it, there, there's too much coming at you in the world. Just like you can't be a passive runner. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you can make me a killer 50 K plan, mm-hmm. but if it just is taped on my wall, it's not going to do anything unless I follow it. So, so, so that, that parallel or that analogy you're using is you have this, the good book, the Bible. Yeah. And yeah. If, if it's just sitting there collecting dust, your relationship with, with Christ and God is just going to be minimal at best. I, I I don't think you have a relationship. I, I'd agree the with that. I agree with hundred percent. And that's, that's been a part of my awareness over the past three years. It's through that, that study and the scripture that's consistent. So my, you know, one of the Bible verses that, um, I've been trying to, I'm not a great memorizer. Neither am I. If that makes sense. No, either am um, I. It's, it's hard. And so for me, what, and, and I'm trying to pick a verse a week and, if anything, it's just repetitive and reading it each week, but some of them stick and some of them don't. And this past week's was Isaiah 48, mm-hmm. the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Mm, I like that. And, and it's one of those, these verses have just been the last two weeks. It's all been about the scripture. Yeah. Everything's just been about the scripture. And, and again, like I said earlier, it started with just one verse a day. Yeah. And I, and then I found myself hitting read more because when you go to that and you tap it, it'll take you to the, to the Bible mm-hmm. it just shows you that verse and you have the option to read more. Cause then I started wanting to see, well, what is the verses before and after it say? Mm-hmm. And then I started devotions mm-hmm. and then, but it all started just with a commitment to, look at this and open this each morning every day to the point where it's developed to where it's like a 45 minute morning ritual or so, routine. And you said you started about three years ago. I did. Yeah. So okay. where I'm at right now, pulling it up so I can tell you exactly when you started the I plan. Am, Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, when I start, when I started my plan, I'm on a 1323 day streak. Nice. And, and that's opening the version app and at least reading the verse. So yeah. it's 189 weeks That's great, um, that, that I've been opening that. And that has that alone, that one simple step started to change my life because so, I made the commitment to put that as a priority. So that discipline, just like we talked about running earlier, that discipline and obedience is the first step of having that relationship with Christ. Yes, because you have to give him an opening Mm -hmm. to work. And if you open yourself, even just ever so slightly, he doesn't need a huge gap to make a huge impact. Yeah. And and he wants just to be a part of our lives. And but we have to allow him to do that. Like he's the only constant thing. He's never left our side. 
It's just whether or not we choose to acknowledge his presence and actively, um, you know, show him that we want to have a relationship with him. And, and through that, and it was, it was a, a, a quote unquote lonely walk because mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't surrounded by good Christian people. You know, I had my mm-hmm. mom and my wife and my family, but it wasn't something that, again, I wasn't an active participant. So I wasn't seeking relationships that built that side of my life. And then you slowly start to recognize God putting different people in your lives at the time, some of which came in my life at the perfect time, yeah, me helping too. me get back on my walk. And for just no other reason than just bu- the busyness of life, you know, I don't talk to them on a regular basis, but they started my momentum mm-hmm. and they started praying for me on the phone and praying with me on the phone and giving me Bible verses and inviting me to men's groups at church. And so through that, I continue to have the discipline to say, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go sit. I'm going to listen. I'm not going to, you know, pull up my phone during our men's Bible study in the morning. And, and those type things is you just have to have, at least I do, I have to seclude myself when I'm reading to make sure that I can hear what God's trying to tell me. And we all look for our purpose. Mm-hmm. And you hear people say, well, I want to know what my purpose is. And when most people are looking for that, they're looking for, and again, I'm not making this broad brush, but just when I've had the conversations with people, they're looking for like these big life decisions and, well, God's going to take me down this path. Is he going to make me a missionary? Is he going to be a, a preacher? Is mm-hmm. he gonna, you know, what are the things that he's going to do to change my life? And I've asked those same questions and I'm not one that has ever audibly, I don't think heard like a conversation with God and, you know, I have feelings and sometimes I'll hear words, but I had one morning that I was praying that prayer and it was sincere. And like, I was just saying, look, I'm here, I'm submitting to you and just give me the wisdom to show me what you want to do. And John, what I heard was stay in the word and I'll reveal it to you. Yeah. And how long ago was that? That was probably over a year ago. Okay. And what it meant to me was, is that I got to read the Bible. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) And yeah. And and I think, you know, the several revelations that I've had and I, and it's an ongoing process. I mean, God's not going to put you into something that you're not going to be able to handle. And so I don't think I'm where he needs me yet because I'm not where he needs me. Mm -hmm. Meaning that, I've got a lot of work to do in the scripture and understanding certain things so I can even add more value to conversations when I have with people because it'll be more scripturally based and have more foundation. And like the first thing is, is that my purpose is to be a good husband, a good father, a good son, brother, and friend. Well, that's That's, that's my purpose. Yeah. If if anyone could do that, you're, you're hitting a home run doing that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, and the only way you can accomplish those and I, I'll, it's like that meme that goes around, I'll fight anybody <laughs> yeah. that says otherwise is the only way you can accomplish all of those things is putting God first because it's following the commandment of love God and love your neighbor. Yeah. And, and those are the two things. If you can do those two things, you'll accomplish the others and then God will put you where he wants you. 
And if, if more people and specifically men would take that challenge and accept that challenge, the world would change rapidly. Oh, absolutely. It would. And you know what you were saying about what, what God told you on your heart about just keep being in the word and he'll reveal it to you later. I just want everyone to know that through my own journey and learning from Moses, I mean, it was 40 years in Egypt and then 40 years in the desert as a shepherd before he had his calling. That's 80 years that it took for for him to get the approval of God and submit to the Lord's will to go and free his people on his on his terms, not Moses' terms, on his terms. So I'm not saying it's going to take 80 years for people, but I do want people to know that it is a patient process for the transformation and to know, I would say, your true calling. But in the meantime, like you were saying, that daily discipline of prayer and, you know, connecting with other men in the men's group and, and just being on fire for Christ and sharing his love for, for others. I mean, that's a huge start for anyone to do. Yeah. Cause it's, it, again, it's the cliche. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. That it's through relationships like what we've established and that the other friends that are in our circle that we have, it's like, this is how things happen. Yeah. And this is how good things happen. And you, and then that circle continues to go. It's just like that one drop of water creates a ripple and it just continues to go. And, you know, this conversation will create a ripple Yeah. and it will continue to go. And that's, what's cool about podcasting. And I'm so happy that you've made the decision to do it. So it lasts forever. So you never know when that drop and that ripple will continue to go. It could be this conversation. Now you'll have a, you know, a good number of people listen to it, but somebody could stumble upon it in a year and a half. Yeah. And I told and have, yeah. And, and have that impact that we mm-hmm. never thought would have ever happened. And I told you after praying this morning, <clears throat> we've been trying to connect to the second part of this interview <laughs> for, for a week. And I'm telling you, Satan is on his prowl like a, a hungry lion to stop the word right now. And he always has been. But in through prayer, I said, you know what, Lord, just if this is your will, just let it happen today. <laughs> let, let this conversation happen today. Not for, for my John Gurdy in a classroom. Let it happen because people need to hear the good news and people need to be saved because eternity is forever. And this is just a vapor that we're in in this world. Yep. And yep. I, I want people to hear your story about your relationship with Christ and how it began really three years ago. And I, what I want, Jeff, real quick, what I want the listeners to hear is just kind of briefly go through all the things that the connections or groups that have happened in the past three years that have you never thought would even be fathomable before. Oh, holy smokes. I, I can't even. Well, you go over it, the it, major. I know. Go over yeah, some I will, of the. But yeah. It's. it's but and I say that just to say that it, it, it starts when you decide to start it mm-hmm. and you don't know where it's going to go. And if you grow things or it, it you know, well, let me take it back. If you allow God to grow it, it will happen at the speed that it's supposed to happen. And the, the people that are supposed to see it will see it. So for me is it, it started just in a point where 
three years ago, I just was, I was done. Like I was at my, my lowest and I just needed, can you explain tired. where, yeah, explain what was going I on. I just, it was just, it was a, a, an accumulation of things that had happened over probably my whole life leading yeah. up to that. So I was raised in the church and I'll, I'll be brief on yeah. this part is I, I was raised in a Christian home, generations of Christians, um, where, you know, that's just what I knew. And, and I didn't think anything different about it because mm-hmm. it was the way I was raised. And I'm putting that in quotations. Mm-hmm. So I know so many people, <clears throat> that's how their relationship with Christ starts. It's the way they were raised. Yeah. I think some people, <clears throat> I had friends that were in it and they were convicted and they knew exactly their path and what they needed to do. And to me, it was just kind of like my last name. It was just part of the family. And I would say I took it for granted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that they did. It was just, it was kind of, you know, the parable of the sower. I think it was just kind of sitting there and it was good soil because my, my parents had tilled the soil, fertilized the soil, were doing everything that they were doing. But I think it just may have landed on a rock. <laughs> no, come on <laughs> yeah. now, Jeff. <laughs> no, but no, what I'm saying is, is that, that it was there. The seed was there. Yeah. It just didn't, I didn't allow it to take root. Well, and so over those, the, the years, I, I wasn't an active participant in my relationship with Jesus. I just kind of accepted the fact that I was baptized. I believed that he was my savior, that he died for my sins. And then it kind of became <clears throat> just a ritual of yeah. you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and that's where your relationship stops. You know, you, you open the Bible when you're in Sunday school and Wednesday night Bible class, maybe if you had a you know Bible verse that you were going to memorize for class to get candy or something like that, but it wasn't that everyday thing um, that I'm in now. And you know, and you would pray at night. But what would what slowly happened <clears throat> were just decisions that continued to create a larger wedge. Mm-hmm. And then I started to find myself looking back where. You know, I wasn't even praying before I went to bed and I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to stay close to God. And so I allowed the world to get in between God and I. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that comes from alcohol, pornography and just making poor decisions. I mean, we, we all do those things. But then you start to then you start to feel guilty because of how I was raised. And so you wanted to feel better. So what do you what do you do? You turn to the things that make you feel even guiltier. And then it just continues to compound. And I remember there was a moment I was sitting on the beach. Uh, we went to spring break in March, Daytona Beach. So it happened to be cold. Was this your entire so, family? Just to be, yeah, so paint a my picture. Family and, <clears throat> yep. So it was my family and then a, another family went with us. And so kids are playing on the beach, but it's freezing. So um, friend of I were sitting on the beach. It's cold sitting on the in the chair. And John, this was this was interesting because I don't remember this seeing this girl. Now there's not many people on the beach. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this girl standing in front of us and she's holding a Bible. Hmm. And she asked a simple question of if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? That's pretty and, bold. Jeez. Uh, incredibly bold. Oh, wow. 
And I tell you, it, it was, I gave the worst answer that any Christian should ever give. Probably. What'd you say? Probably. Yeah. What'd you say? Probably. I think. (laughs) So, nope. So even worse than that. Um, so it was, yeah, I think I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. I go to church on Sundays and I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. That's a terrible answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really is. And it is. And then she, and then she quoted a scripture and I can't remember what she quoted. Um, because I was kind of just like in this daze of what just happened. And then John, I, I looked at my buddy and, and they're not Christians. And so Mm -hmm. he was kind of rolling his eyes anyways. Um, and then I looked at him, I looked back, she wasn't there. I have no idea where she went. And like I said, there was nobody on the beach. Now I didn't like stand up and start looking around. Yeah. I, I don't remember seeing her after she left. Hmm. So I I don't know, but anyways, she was physically there. Mm -hmm. I know she was there and she asked the question. That question haunted me for days and weeks and months after that. Of course. Because I was like, that I was like, that was the worst answer. How dare I give that answer? I know what the answer should have been. Mm -hmm. And, and probably the, the answer that I should have given is, Probably right now, I'm probably not going to heaven the way I'm living and the decisions that I'm making. And that was, you know, that and a few other events is what really started me on on reconnecting because I just realized how low I had gotten and how far away from God I had gotten. That was my prodigal son moment. Um, and, And so I just knew that the journey back to where I needed to be into a a new place that I had never truly been to before was down, was coming towards, you know, Jesus. And when I fully submitted and renewed my life, like, you know, my, my life verse is Galatians two twenty, And, and that's like the life I live. Like I know, I no longer live. Like I'm dead in Christ yeah. and the life I now live is his. And that's that to me, that's that submission verse of, Christ lives in me. It's not me anymore. And it requires me to have faith and to accept his grace and mercy um, to be adopted into his family. And then Romans 12, one and two of just having a renewed life and a renewed spirit is that accepting that I'm a new person. So I have to repent and not just say, I'm sorry, but truly, I have to repent yeah. and, tur- and turn away from the old me and that's dying to the old me. And that's immediately, I like, I went on, I deleted all these apps, whether I thought that they were, I mean, they were pornographic, but some Mm -hmm. of these, you know, funny sites with funny memes, but then had, you know, women sprinkled throughout, deleted those, deleted Twitter, like anything that would potentially feed negativity in my life. I got rid of and started listening to podcasts that were positive and, and different, and everybody has different opinions on some of the the I would say the mainstream evangelists that um, preach like the prosperity gospel and, and different aspects. But I think again that the message can resonate and get you down the path. And so for me, as I started listening to some of those, and they were feel they're feel good messages, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was the milk that I needed 
to keep me going because I was just so guilty. I felt ashamed, but I was happy that I had found this new path. And, you know, seeing where I was and where I'm at is God has allowed me to progress not only because of the work that I've been putting in to stay close to him, but the people that he's brought into my lives. And so I wanted to bring that full circle to answer yeah. your question is that for me, it all started with listening to a, a podcast. He never quit. Again, I was just like surrounding myself with positivity. Um, John Gordon, just anybody that had positive message. That's what I wanted to listen to. Yeah. And I happened to hear a team never quit when they had a retired Navy SEAL from Georgia on there. And it was Chad Wright. And oh, that was a, the first. So that's how it. Okay. So that's how, yeah. that's yeah. how you so found Chad Wright. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to, to I've got to lay that foundation yeah. because that's what encouraged me to get onto social media. So I heard him, heard his story and, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners that you have, know who chad wright is but yeah. if not they need to go look for him um, well they just need to look and, up the three of seven project so just so correct. we just a yeah. little a blurb for chad wright and three of seven sure. project i mean yep the one thing jeff that i i'm just i was obviously reflecting and listening to this is a beautiful story is that you had from the, the lady on the beach is what would you offer the listeners to those who may not have that lady on the beach ask you that question I know we kind of touched it, touched on this earlier, but what would you say to them? Just someone who's just living in that sinful nature, who may be going to church, but just going through the motions. What would you, what would you say to them? This podcast is their beach moment. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm relating that story and, and listen to the question that she asked me and ask yourself that same question yeah, and you challenge saying? yourself and how would you answer if you were to die today, where would you go? Yeah. I think, I think the um, listeners, I think the listeners need to hear that one more time and I'll, I'll repeat that, that same question. So if you're listening, honestly, just, just take a, a moment here and honestly, just tell yourself hundred percent truth. If you were to die today, where would you go? Would it be heaven or would it be hell? And I want everyone to know that that hell is just a complete separation from God. You'll never be with God the rest of your life, and the eternity will be with Satan. And to be with the Lord and to have that relationship, it does take time. But it's like a father that you love so much, and that father loves you immensely. Right, Jeff? I mean, how much, now that you've built your relationship with Christ and the Father, how much more do you has he revealed his love to you oh it's i look at the cross completely different completely different and as a father yeah completely different and you know when you read the bible and you 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 look at the you know the sacrifice of isaac and the or the pending sacrifice of yeah. isaac and going holy i could not i couldn't fathom yeah that and when you just see what God's willing to do for us and what God did do for us, that how could you, it just, it, it's respect and it's, honor. It is. It's respect and yeah. honor. And it's just real. It's just, there's, there's so much strength 
in submission. Yeah. Because it it's the opposite of what the world wants you to do. You okay. can't do it. You're on your own. Absolutely not. It's not inside you to get it done. It's your ability to commit to the standard that, that Christ has set for us will allow you to get it done. It's the standard of do everything to please God. Mm-hmm. That's how you get things done. Yeah, the imitation and, of Christ, right? I mean, oh, just yeah. imitating Christ in, in his ways and his, his mindset and just interaction and love for others is what I hear you saying. Yeah, think of, I mean, if you break it down to the worldly terms, the discipline that he set the example that we should have is unmatched by anything else. Yeah. I don't care, Cam Haynes, Goggins, Chad Wright, yeah. they don't come <laughs> close, you know, come close to what he did because he's sinless. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. set he's... the example. He set the example that, that none of us could ever accomplish. But if you strive for that and you really, set that standard what will happen is over time you'll see the things that you struggled with not become that difficult anymore Mm -hmm. and then you'll learn how to manage your triggers and and be able to replace where you had a trigger and you reacted in a negative way and with a negative filler and you start to replace them with positive things so And, and yeah go ahead jeff well, I was going to go back. I wanted to, to complete the, the community and who God has brought in my life yeah, circle. So, um, since you had asked. So anyway, so Chad, Chad came in and, and I heard him. So then I just started. Um, then he was running ba- Bob's big backyard mm-hmm. um, last man standing race. And he was talking about how he was going to put it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But the time I'd been off of social media other than Twitter to follow some news stuff for probably almost 10 years. Like okay. I got off of Facebook, got off of everything. Yeah. And there's this new thing called Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, let me hop on there just to see. And again, my circle of friends had gotten really, really small Yeah. Um, at that point. <clears throat> and so I started following Chad and then following other people that Chad had mentioned. And then Chad would put up different podcasts that he was on. Then I would follow that podcast, listen to him on that podcast. And and so I just liked the message that he gave. And at the time, he he had veins of faith flowing through his conversation, but he wasn't nearly as bold as he yeah, is now. That's yeah. been within the year. Um, but it, again, it, what it did, like I said earlier, it cracked the door. Yeah. And fortunately for me is I was aware of cracking that door and what it potentially could create. Mm-hmm. So as good as that crack could be, that crack in the door is also allowing, if if I am not careful, for the devil to get his foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And so I was very, very intentional about protecting the feed and what I was bringing into my Instagram world. Um, that's and- a, Jeff, that's a, <laughs> what you said right there, so so important. I think everyone needs to, again, this is another pause, reflect time. What you have on your social media feeds is a direct reflection on what your mind and your, and your soul really coordinate together. And you're either looking at positive Christian stuff to live a life like that, or you're looking at sinful stuff, you know, like you said, pornography, swearing, just 
prideful things, right? So you you trimmed the fat. You went right to the source on your in your new Instagram you had, and you kind of rebuilt yourself. That's the way I look at it for you. I, I look at it like you oh, yeah. stripped oh, yourself yeah. down, right? And then you rebuilt yourself, and you said, you know what? I'm going to just – my circle is going to be very small. I'm going to just choose people who are Christian men and women, and then we'll move out from there. Yep, yep. And 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 just don't let it in. Don't let it in. And you'll find something – and again, we've talked about it with Rob – is – you know, you can follow someone that's doing fitness stuff. And, and if it's a female and you have a problem with pornography, yeah, you better be careful. Yeah. Cause I had a friend, he's like, Hey, this ultra runner, she's a really good follows, got great exercises. Um, you know, be good for your training. And I went and followed her. And next thing I know she's doing all these stretches and she, she's not doing this intentionally by any means. Mm-hmm. But just she's in right? running pants yeah. and uh, half, you know, <laughs> half of a shirt. She's in great shape. And I said, I've got to unfollow her. Yeah. I can't. I just I don't want that in my head because mm-hmm. that I've, I struggle with that. Yeah. And so I don't put it in my life to create like, oh, let's see if I can handle it. No, no just I'm just not going to put it there yeah, and then no. I don't have to deal with it. Just get it so out. Anyways, so. So I started, and that's really the, the Instagram part of being intentional is what started to unfold. And it's just like with my, my walk with Christ, I'm, I try to be very intentional and consistent mm-hmm. and, and genuine. And so I was genuinely interested in people. And you know I started with like 20 followers. And then it just continued to, I was building relationships through social media that were going to impact my life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've met so many wonderful people that are lifelong friends through social media. And, and it's been, you know, from that again, interacting with Chad and having conversations with him and then with Blake. And then at the end of 2019, they asked me to be on the three seven podcast. Yeah. And so I think I was on episode 15 so one of the very early ones that they had and that changed the relationship because then that exposed me to other people that started, had found him through rich role and through yeah. other aspects that then that helped. And then I wrote my book and then he had me on again and then other people had me on their podcast. And then from, you know, again, like you mentioned earlier, that's how we came about. Yeah. And so it's incredible when you let go and like I, I just reached out to Chad and, and he just graciously said, look, how about if we just do a review of your book and just do a whole podcast on it? Like what? I mean, that's the kind of heart that that guy has is that he wanted to help me because he liked me. He liked the message that it was and the people that has, it's been able to create connections with has been unbelievable. But it took me being intentional and you being intentional to pick up the, you know, the, the, the initiative to reach out to me and then to me to be genuine and respond to you. Yeah. And that's, that's what people need to do is just having social media. doesn't mean you're going to build strong relationships. You have to be genuine and you have to be interested in someone else and really be particular. Um, And, and again, I've met people that I've, 
quickly realize I need to filter them out mm -hmm. and mute them or unfollow them. Um, but it, you know, again, the people that I've met are powerful people in my life and they're not powerful in the sense of what the world would consider powerful, but their spirit, their love for God is just mind blowing the impact that they can have on me. And then in turn, just encourage me to continue to do the things that I'm doing um, where I may have that imposter syndrome to think that I shouldn't do it. Or I start to think it's like, oh, I'm doing this and, you know, I do these IG lives and I get like 12 people watch. Mm -hmm. But then you get a message from somebody that's like, look, man, you are doing God's work. You know, that that conversation that that you had with that person I needed to hear it that day and that changed my life. And that's what keeps you going is when you realize, okay, I don't need to do this for the followers. I don't need to do this for the views. I need to do this because it's the great commission Yeah. and we've got to go out. We've got to spread the love of Jesus to others and allow them the opportunity. Like you said earlier, is if you can't answer that question confidently, um, then look for people that can help you find that path and don't ignore Jesus unless you've studied about him, because I, I just don't see how you can't study the Bible and really have an open mind and read what he's done and not be convinced of what, what he can do and who he is. Well, Jeff, um, you know, I, it's it's amazing how in same shoes that you're in through this whole process is just when we connected, um, same thing. I wasn't on Instagram that long before. I, I have no idea when I ever joined, to be honest. But, you know, my intention every day when I go to Instagram is to publish a, a Bible verse and to influence someone in a positive way. And I think what happens is it's not it's not the number of followers that matters. It's exactly what you said. And being a teacher, this is the why for me. And I think it's the same for you. The why is I'm doing this because God gave me gifts. And I want to go out and I want to just help change their mind and soul to see the greater picture, which is the love mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about, right? I mean, for me, I mean, I can't do this at school. <laughs> I mean, I could imitate Christ in his behaviors. But the thing that we try to do is we try to influence each other and build each other up as men. And that's why we have our, our Sons of Thunder group. We're trying to build each other up to be better. And I have witnessed from our just our group of Sons of Thunder on Wednesday nights the amazing things that we're all doing now. Because... Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, with Mike Bellini, you know, writing his book, and he's going to start his podcast, you know, and Rob and, and Jason Bear and, and just J.D. Malone and his son, Bro, you know, Brody, who's in the, who was in the Olympics. Like, God is on fire for helping us build this community across the nation and the world to spread his yeah, message. And, and it's like you mentioned the Sons of Thunder, like how that all came about, again, was – just Instagram going back and forth, building genuine relationships, 
talking about Jesus and, and David and I taught, he mentioned a walking with God, the book by John Eldridge. Yeah. I'm like we should do a, a book club. Yeah. And this was right before COVID started. And so we thought, okay, who should we invite? And so he was like, well, let's do JD. And mm-hmm. so there's like a small group of us that we had. Mm-hmm. And then I had my cousin Charles. And so we thought of some different people. So it started with like five people, five yeah. guys. And we started with the book and then I posted something and then somehow Canadian Robbie and I, yeah, Rob, he had started following me. Um, <laughs> and I think it was through, again, through chat or Jesse Itzler or something. Yeah. We, we ended up connecting and he saw something I post. He's like, Hey, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, do you want to join us? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Like Jeff, absolutely. I join. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then Mike Bellini was the same way. And then you were yeah. the same way. And so, it's it's unbelievable when you start to see the the impact that you can have by a simple post mm-hmm. and it's not just impacting the other person it's allowing them in to impact you cuz mm-hmm. the all these guys in this group it's unbelievable oh, they're just special the, people the, the wisdom and the love that we have for each other and you can tell it's a room without judgment, mm-hmm. but a room ready to correct, if that makes sense. Well, it's and it's a, I call it the modern day apostles. So we're using social media, which is a communication method, where mm-hmm. we just meet as apostles, and we just have honest, open dialogue and support each other. I mean, the recent posts that have been on there, my my heart goes out to the the young man. But it's just unbelievable the amount of responses that we have because we love each other. I, he's another prime example Yeah, that he happened again. He started posting some Bible verses and mm-hmm. he and I connected. I'd heard him on the Christoph Lewis podcast. And then he was a hunter and former veteran mm-hmm. or a veteran. And so I started following him. We'd just see his hunting posts and a few things back and forth. And we, you know, we just casually chit chat. And then I saw some things that he had posted and then we went just a, a a, a gentle back and forth. And I was like, Hey man, we've got a group on Wednesday night. I don't know if you would be interested in that at all, but I just wanted to throw it out there. He's like, well, I think I'm pretty good right now, mm-hmm. but um, you know, thanks for the offer. And then all of a sudden I get a message. Like, I think I'm ready for that group. Yeah. And so then I said, okay, perfect. Well, let me invite you in. I said, do you want me to invite you in our IG thread, mm-hmm. which is a daily, you know, way to feed into each other. And brother, you saw it. I mean, mm-hmm. he needed that, like that connection that we made all that back and forth was just weeks before what, you know, that he was able to share all that he did. And I don't know what would have happened in his life if he didn't have that as an outlet and that God, it was clearly a God connection. All connections are that one. You could just tell was he needed that and I, I answered the nudge. And I think yeah. that's another thing that that we need to encourage people to do is when you hear that 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 voice, you feel that nudge to do something in favor of God, because you're going to hear a nudge and a voice that is not to favor God mm-hmm. and to, for his glory. But if it has something to do with glorifying him, please don't ignore it. Because that's going to have an impact not only on your life, 
but that nudge is there to impact someone else in his name. And I think, no, Jeff, I I love, I think, I think what I want the listeners to to really digest in in this piece we just talked about is if you're out there right now and you have something that has traumatically affected your life and you need support, we all do. I don't care who you are. You cannot live your life alone. You, You need God. You need Christ in your life, but you also need strong brothers and sisters with you as well. So what, what Jeff is saying is don't be afraid to message someone on social media and say, you know what, I just, is it okay I could be part of your group? Just, I need support. Be honest, be real. Don't, just don't sugarcoat it. It's always best policy to, to be honest and, and speak with truth. And we will welcome you in. It's, it's like, I'm, we welcome you in like the mafia, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come to me. I won't do my impression, but I love the old Godfather. <laughs> yeah, you know. But like to be honest, though, I think people, and that's what the devil does is he puts a doubt in your mind and says, "You know what? You don't need them. You, you can do this by yourself." And that's the last thing you want to do. You need people to help you in these situations because it could get out of hand real fast, where you could hurt yourself or someone else. So anyone out there, please, if, if you're listening, you know, reach out to Jeff or I or anybody else who, you, who is a positive um, influence who, well, who can yeah, help you in your life. A hundred percent. And I would add also is just like that question that we asked earlier um, about if you were to die today, where would you go? The other thing you need to ask yourself is and or really do an inventory of the people around you. And are the people around you helping you get to where you want to go? Mm-hmm. So are they helping you get closer to God? Are they helping you strengthen your walk? And if the answer is maybe, or mm-hmm. I don't think so, then you really should start to evaluate who else you need in your life. Yeah. I Because you, you can have Jesus and you can be there, but then if you still are surrounded by people who aren't on the same path that you're on, it's going to be a lot harder road. And I'm not saying cut everybody out of your life and just, you know, seclude yourself to just the the church. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's depending on where you're at in your walk and where you're at in the struggles, you've got to evaluate and always, no matter what your inner circle needs to be Christian followers they, they just yeah. have to be and not not in the religious sense but they have to be christ followers yeah. they've got to be grounded in the word and that the bible and christ are the the things that are most important to them yeah and um because if not it's just it's not going to turn out right well I, everyone needs to know that you know jesus had his disciples and then when they would go to places they would always be at least to a pair so you need at least one other solid Christian in your life to help you. And I, you've heard the phrase before that, you know, you are the average of your five closest friends. And I think it's very important to, you know, being a disciple of Christ that, that you, you need to be in that circle. You need to have that, that influence for those to help you, but also like to say to you, Hey, you know what, that post you had, I don't know, man, that does, that's, that's not the way we are, are meant to, you know, portray Christ and, and, you know, hold each other accountable. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. 
you know, Jeff, um, the, the, I want to end with this. Um, I think it's very important for, for all the listeners. And this whole conversation has been just beautiful of you telling your story. But talk about the importance of being connected with your family recently. This podcast is, like I said, faith, family, freedom, and fitness. But just talk about your family and your you and your wife and, and your children and the way you live life now with them. It's, again, to go back to what I had shared before, is putting God first changed everything. Mm-hmm. And you you have to be, again, intentional. So if, if I have the standard that Christ set forth in the Bible, my relationships are going to be deeper. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more committed. And I'm not going to be as selfish because I'm trying to follow the example that Christ set. So like with my wife, for instance, the, you know, Christ says that love her like I love the church. Yeah. He gave himself for the church. He died. He was beaten. He was spit on. He was publicly ridiculed and ultimately killed out of his love and his dedication to the church, which is what we are. Mm -hmm. And by having God first, she now has a different level of respect than she's ever had in our marriage and in our relationship. And that's the thing I want to encourage men and women alike is by strengthening that relationship with, with Jesus, it's going to make every other relationship in your life richer than you could ever imagine to where now they're enough for me. Mm -hmm. Just having time with them is enough for me. It's not what kind of fancy um, house can I give them? What kind of vacation can I give them? What kind of things? It's just like your kids and your, and your spouse is in a good genuine relationship Time together is enough. Yeah. And because there's been so many people in history that have survived and had very rich fam- family life, right? So mm-hmm. rich relationships with a lot less stuff. And there's people now that have rich relationships with a lot less stuff. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that we're doing things the right way. And that's what's great is, you know, my wife is she helps me. I'm the sole provider mm-hmm. um, because she's she's got a very important role in the house, uh, making sure that, that the kids are on task and the house is on task and those type things. And so she also helps me in the sense of letting me know that things are okay. So she strengthens my faith. So because yeah. I worry. It's like, yeah. well, what happens if I lose my job? Mm-hmm. She's like, you find another one. Well, what happens if it doesn't pay the same? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll buy another, we'll get rid of this house and get another. I mean, what, and so that's what I love about her lack of worry. And that's again, what's great about a relationship. She doesn't worry. Yeah. And she just, she lives in the now and she's present where her feet are. And so that grounds me. So by removing, you know, a lot of the, the nonsense of, of my imagination I'm able to now that I'm aligned with with God. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed. I'm able to hear her, 
without all the stuff that I have in my head and my kids, like just spending time with them is enough. Like that's what I want to do. And I also understand my role as a father and how important and critical that is. Yeah, it is. That supersedes any title that I would ever have on a business card. The, the role of a father is the most important role and the role of a mother that you will ever have in your entire life on this earth. That's pretty because powerful. Of, no, that's very powerful what you're, what you're saying because I think um, – I'm just going to add a little piece to sure. this. Is sometimes – and I've, I've witnessed this being a teacher for 17 years now. I see so many hurting kids – it breaks my heart. And once you find out that either the family is divorced or even if they're not, the time that they don't spend with their kids, it has a huge impact on how their how their life is. So what you're saying is so critical. It it just, just magnifies the importance of God being the center of your relationship between you and your wife. And also between you and your children, because when you have that formula that he that he spoke about to have in the Bible, then you're going to have less stress. You're going to have a strength, those strengthened relationships, and you're going to have that mindset of presence being so important that you are nurturing them, you and your wife, to they're going to go out then and be good stewards in the world, because you modeled that for them. And it's how we can change the world. It's it's that generational change. Yeah. And you can break a cycle again. And, and I've talked about this in the past is that people say, well, it's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. That's an excuse. It is. That's just being lazy. It is. Because I've heard that before when I've told my being overweight, people say, well, it's just the way you were born. And, and again, don't get me wrong. I do understand that genetics do play a big part into people's stature yeah but yeah <laughs> so, but they but but it was a uh, but it was i was in a, i was unhealthy so yeah. it, it was just people were willing because they were afraid and they're like oh you're just big bone you're just that well yeah i am but i was also overweight yeah and and people will give the excuse of you know again i hear this all the time about the men in my family when they just come home and ignore everybody and just want to sit on in front of the TV and not talk to anybody mm. and like, Oh, it's just the forced for men. Well, that's that a- doesn't make it okay. <laughs> I would say that that's a proper explanation, but I also think it's been programmed in us since we were young because mm-hmm. our dads would go sit on the couch and watch TV and cause they worked hard all day. It's not yeah. like that they were lazy. They were just worked hard, but then they didn't talk. They didn't communicate. And then the moms or the grandparents like, oh, that's just the way Forrester men are. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, well, I guess that's what we're the way we're supposed to be. So we were unknowingly, unconsciously being programmed to not break the cycle. Yeah. It, you know, Jeff, that's, I would say, um, you know, my dad and his dad watching, they're great men, you know. My grandfather passed away a while ago, but my dad's a great, great man. And but what, what I've noticed too, the closer I've got with God, I do more selfless acts for mm-hmm. my wife. So what I I want everyone to hear this that I do the dishes without being asked to do them. I did 
like today I did the laundry and I don't even ask, you know, I don't, I don't have to have her ask me, you know what, because we're one body, we're one, we're one unit. And when you look at it with that mindset and perspective, guess what's going to happen? Things are just going to go smoother in your house because you have that, that lovingly selfless attitude instead of being like, well, I worked 10 hours today. That's enough for my family. No, it's not enough. That is not enough. Who cares how many hours you worked? What matters most is what are you doing with those hours with your children between the time you get home and they go to bed? Are you reading to them? Are you, are you spending time on the word with them? Right. Like yeah. that is so critical for people to understand. And they, they have that, I'm tired. Your kid's going to be grown up and not gone and you can't get those years back. That time has elapsed. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, um, you know, just to, to finalize our, our great conversation we had today is, is there anything else you, you'd like the listeners to know of either about you or just words of wisdom from Mr. Jeff Forrester? I, it's what we've talked about is I think the biggest thing is to start small, mm-hmm. no matter what of the four F's that, that you focus on with your, your podcast and your message is start small. Yeah. Those things compound Warren Buffett became a billionaire because he focuses on compound interest mm-hmm. and it's just a penny today, two pennies tomorrow, three pennies the next day. James Clear talks about that as well. Just focus on being 10% better each day. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the month, you're 30% better. Yeah. And people want to make drastic, dramatic changes in their life. And I highly encourage that. Just be very thoughtful and mindful on how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's small incremental changes that are completed consistently that will lead to big changes. So just small, consistent leads to big. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I tell you what, it was a pleasure to, to have you on, on this episode. Number two, um, you have been a blessing in my life. Um, you have opened doors, uh, with relationships in my life. You've been extremely genuine to me. You've, you've been a great friend, a mentor to me, and I'm just so appreciative. I'm appreciative that God has put us together in this journey. And um, Amen. I, I would 100% reciprocate those words to you as well. Well, Jeff, I, I can't wait for, I can't wait to see what the Lord has for, for us in our journey in life. And yep. I can't wait to be with you in eternity with Christ as well in our families. It's going to be the best. It's That's gonna, the best. That is, that is. <laughs> The big picture, and I, I, you know what, um, just knowing that we've are pushing each other to be better men every day, is just it's just that respect that we have for one another is just a it's just a beautiful process to be a part of. So, Jeff, I, I appreciate you being here today and taking time out of your day, and um, those of you listeners, class dismissed. <laughs>